Well, this morning, our scripture is from Jonah, and we're going to go through a couple of the chapters, not all of them, don't worry, I'm not reading all four chapters, but I just want to pull out a couple, um, couple spots in Jonah for us to consider this morning. So I'm grateful that you can follow along. If you've got your Bible with you, you're welcome to open it. But we're going to start Jonah 1.1. Hear the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish, He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Now we're going to skip down to chapter 2 and hear the prayer that Jonah prayed from the belly of the fish. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God, and he said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the sea, and the currents swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. And then the last two verses, chapter 4. But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left? And also many animals. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Gracious Lord, as we just ponder your word this morning, God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would move among us in a powerful way. That the places that we thought we had buried and forgotten, Lord, you would speak to and resurrect. The places that we need to repent, that we need to acknowledge our our, um, disobedience, Lord, we just pray that you would make it known. That your spirit would just speak to us and reveal those things. Because God, we know that this word is alive and active and is ready to speak to us this day. And gracious God, I now pray that you would take these words of mine, 
that you would turn them from water into wine. Because God, we know that you use the simple things to do miracles with. So do it again here with us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh boy, did God ever give Jonah a task, huh? <laughs> hey Jonah, not a big deal. Can you just go over here and, uh, and speak to the people of Nineveh for me, all right? And just tell them that I've seen their wickedness and that they need to repent of it? Seems simple enough, doesn't it? I mean, what's so hard about that? And Jonah heard that word and he said, I'm not doing that. I'm out of here. And he went in the complete opposite direction of where God was asking him to go. He went in the opposite direction because he didn't want to tell those people. He didn't want to tell those people about God's salvation. And the parts then that I didn't read, right? That, that Jonah got on that boat, he got passage and, and boy, that, that sea got real angry. And those poor people on that boat, they were, they were doing everything they could to make it through that storm. And, uh, Finally, Jonah said, listen, I know that I'm the problem. I know that God is, is doing this, that God's trying to get my attention. Just throw me overboard and, and at least your lives will be saved. And with much protesting, they did. And uh, indeed, the storm quieted, but Jonah ended up in the belly of this big fish, which by the way, hello, did you see the news? Did you see? The guy ended up in the belly of a humpback whale? Well, maybe the mouth. I don't think he made it all the way to the belly, right? Oh my goodness. I love it. Somebody told me on the way out of church at 8.30 this morning that a granddaughter said, that's just like the story in the Bible. It's like, uh-huh, see, you doubted, you doubted. <laughs> it's not just a story. I love it. So there's Jonah in the belly of this big fish in the belly of this big fish. And he's, he knows that his life is, well, it's as good as over. He's praying to the Lord, says, God, I, I know you have brought me here. You have, you have plummeted me to the depths. I don't know. I also kind of feel like, like it's not just because he's in the belly of the fish, but I kind of feel like Jonah knew. Jonah knew that that life can pull you down. Like he's had that experience. Do you know what I mean? Like when it feels like you're drowning, when it feels like there's no way up, there's no way out, when it feels like there's seaweed wrapped around your head. I love that line. Seaweed wrapped around your head? Yeah. But he says, but I will look again to your holy temple. I will look again because even though my life feels like it's ebbing away Lord, I know that you hear my prayers. Even in the depths, I know you hear my prayers. And then he says, I will say, I will make good on my vow to you. I will declare salvation comes from the Lord. Phew. All right, let's see it. <laughs> God's like, all right, here we go. So Jonah does go to Nineveh. He does tell the people of Nineveh, God has seen your wickedness. You need to repent of it. And they did. And God forgave them. And the story doesn't end there. 
because that would be a nice, neat, you know, end of the story. Instead, Jonah gets mad. Jonah gets angry. God, I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. Those people who were wicked, who, who sinned against you, I knew you'd forgive them. And God says, Jonah, you didn't cause a plant to grow nor for it to die. So who are you, Jonah, to tell me, God, who I can forgive, who I can restore, who I need you to speak my salvation to? I love the story of Jonah. And you know, I've got to, I'll confess to you that there's parts of it that are all too familiar to me. And I think it's probably because I'm getting close to my ordination here on Friday, this coming Friday. Don't worry, I'll send you a link so you can watch if you want. But, but you know, there were several times where I told God I wasn't going to do something. <laughs> And it's been real funny to see, well, it's funny now, <laughs> to see how God responded when I told him I wasn't going to do something. Out of high school, I was going to stay home. I wasn't really, I was pretty shy. Other than maybe standing up on a stage singing with a bunch of people in a choir, you weren't, I was, I was pretty shy. You weren't going to get much out of me. And uh, so I was going to stay home. I, was, I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't going to a big college. I was just Nope, Zillianople was good enough for me for the rest of my life. And then I had a conversation with a family member. We were just talking about future stuff, and I ended up going to West Virginia Wesleyan College, and I was going to be a nurse because I thought, well, that sounds good. Even though I knew I wanted to work in the church, I wasn't sure how, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. So there I am freshman year, and let's just say I didn't pass anatomy and physiology. So I changed my major <laughs> to Christian education, and uh, it was it was good. So I I get out of college and I start, um, you know, I'm looking for work. And I said, God, listen, I'm ready to work in the church, but I am not working with teenagers. Like I must have said it at least three times. I was real into journaling my prayers at that point, and I know it says that several times. I'm not working with teenagers. I'm not working with teenagers. I'm not working with teenagers. And then I get hired for my first job, Christian education director, deal, you know, doing education, birth to, to death at a church, Bible studies and Sunday schools and all of that, and youth group. And the majority of my time was spent with teenagers. And not only in that congregation, but all over that conference, all over the state of West Virginia. For over six years, I spent driving all over that state working with Teenagers, yeah. And during that time, um, the words from Isaiah 61 from that chapter just continued to resonate and continued to draw me and pull me and guide me. And part of, them, part of that chapter says this, I have anointed you to proclaim the good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners. I have... Uh, called you to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to bring beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. And that is what I felt God was calling me to do with those teenagers. 
they needed to hear that there might be darkness around them, but there was light, there was hope, there was joy to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of the despair that can surround our youth some days. And it was a wonderful time. Towards the end of my time there in Wheeling, I started telling God, (laughs) I started telling God that I really didn't want to move, that I really liked where I was, and there was really no reason for me to move. (laughs) And then I moved. (laughs) I I left West Virginia, and I came back here to Western Pennsylvania. And then, you know, just to keep it going, several years later, I moved to Maryland, and then I moved back to Pennsylvania Another one of those times where I just said, God, I don't want to do that. And God said, yes, but I need you to. And every time one of those moves came up, it was always Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to pack up again. But here I am. Send me. I'll go. And if that weren't enough (laughs) for God to show me that it wasn't about me, then while I, after leaving West Virginia and I was back here in Pennsylvania and I was working up in Butler um, doing Christian education still and and I just was really feeling down, and it was, I was having a rough time, and, and I would say it was like the dark night of the soul kind of thing for me. Like, everything just, just didn't seem right, and I was working and doing my job, but I, didn't, I wasn't happy with how I was doing my job, and, and I said to the pastor at the time, I said, you know, I just don't think I'm doing a good job. Maybe you need to think about letting me go, <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, no, Ty, I can't do that. God's working in you, and he's preparing you for something, and I can see that. And until we get you there, we're not letting you go. And it wasn't long after that that I was in seminary. But in seminary, I was still digging my heels in. And I shared part of this story with you several weeks ago where I was just saying, God, I'm going to serve you, and here I am in seminary, but I don't want to move the way an elder in the United Methodist Church does. I don't want to be an itinerant pastor. I want to do what I want to do, where I want to, where I want to be. So I'm going to find my own job and I'm going to have my own home and, and I'm going to be a deacon um, because that's a separate ordination. As a deacon, I, I can do that. I don't want to be the elder. I don't want to be the moving pastor. And God said, well, that's too bad because um, I've got another plan for you. Not only that, but then to finally get a call to say, okay, we, we have, a, have a place that we want you to come and pastor several years ago. I was like, God, I just don't know about this. I'm just still unsure. And then, of course, as God does, in my devotion that morning, I read Exodus 33, this portion. It says this, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked. 
because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. The promise that God would go with me, that no matter where I am, God will be with me. His presence will lead. His presence will guide. And his presence will be what allows others to know that that I'm where I'm supposed to be. Isn't that what we need, though? Because how many of us have felt that calling or that, that leading? And I'm not necessarily, maybe you are feeling called to some kind of full-time ministry and you've just been avoiding it. Listen, that happens. But it could just be that thing that God has asked you to do for a couple of years now that you've just not wanted to do. Or maybe it's a conversation with a coworker that you just have really felt kind of uncomfortable. It's not that it would be a bad conversation, but God, do you really want me to do that? I just don't know if you really want me to do that. And God says, my presence is with you. I'm not gonna like set you up and then go run away and be like, ha ha, got you. You gotta do it all by yourself now. No, God will be with us. His presence is with us. And when we recognize that we have this calling to be able to to share, to share how God through his good news can bind up your broken heart, how he can release you from the things that have held you captive, how how he can bring light in the midst of dark places, how God will give you a crown of beauty instead of ashes, joy instead of mourning. Why aren't we ready? Why aren't we jumping to our feet saying, here I am, God, send me. Even if it's just the timid, okay, God, here I am, send me. Because just as Jonah said, I will look again to you, God. I will look to you, the one who loves, the one who forgives, the one through whom salvation comes. We have this promise that his presence is always with us. And we can expect to be delighted beyond our greatest imagination if we will be faithful. Jonah, why was he so angry? How how are we able to be angry like that? How is it right for us to think that we can decide whether someone is worthy or not? How can we come to God questioning God's motives in such a way? Salvation comes from the Lord. And so as we surrender to the will of God, everything will fall into place. Should God not have concern for all of his creation? So have you been running? Is there something that you're feeling, being reminded of? Mm. I don't know what God's calling you to, where God's leading you, 
But my brothers and sisters, he's given you the good news to share. He's ready for you to say, okay, God, here I am. And he will never leave you. He will go with you. He will go before you. He will prepare everything that he calls you to. And not only will God be glorified, but you will be so delighted at the goodness of God as he reveals it through your faithfulness. Will you pray with me? Holy Lord, while it can, well, while it can feel like what we need to do is turn the other way, while it can just feel easier, feel more comfortable, God, we know you call us beyond what's comfortable. You call us beyond what's easy. You call us to actually do the work of sharing who you are. You call us to, to look beyond what we see. And remember that you are always with us, that your presence does go before, that you are preparing and working in a way that we can never even imagine. So gracious God, if you're calling us, if you're calling us, may you find us faithful, God. Even in the scary, even in the unknown, here we are. Send us. Oh God, we can't wait to see your good works and be delighted by all of who you are. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.